The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This is the Totally Useless Information Podcast with Nick and Roy. Listen, laugh, and learn. Hi, I'm Nick. And I'm Roy. And today, we're going to talk about some animals. We'll do some sexy sex sex. Sexy sex sex. And we're also going to do some science. And delve into the world of fashion. You can listen, laugh, and learn. Welcome to Season 3, Episode 15. Totally useless information. It's everything you never needed to know. The Totally Useless Information Podcast, hosted by Nick and Roy. More people get totally useless information with us than anybody else. Animals, 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 crazy animals. A rat named Magawa has been given an Animal Bravery Award for sniffing out dozens of landmines in Cambodia. Magawa received a gold medal from the People's Dispensary for Sick Animals, a veterinary charity in the United Kingdom, making the first rodent in the nonprofit's history to earn this distinction, a gold medal for Magawa. We know from a previous show that zebras have striped skin that matches their fur. Yes. So the fur is striped, but their skin is also striped. So what do you think about tigers? Oh, my. And leopards. Oh, my. <laughs> what do you think about tigers and leopards? Oh, my. They get, they share the same exact trait. Oh. Their skin is either spotted or striped just like zebras. So it's not the hair that that is actually, you know, I mean, it's the skin that's the pattern that comes out in the fur, kind of like the gray in my beard. beauty is skin deep it is (laughs) i was gonna say i have gray hair too but i'm not gonna say where uh (laughs) as the streets of san francisco i think it was an old tv show the streets of san francisco as it it, no that was uh hawaii 50 yeah that's right that's right right. streets of san francisco wasn't that with the big nose carl malden that's right carl malden he's the guy that had all the american express travelers checks don't leave home without it Mm. So, uh, speaking of digressing, uh, the streets mm-hmm. of San Francisco's emptied out in the first month of the pandemic in the spring of 2020. The city's male birds began singing more softly and improving their vocal range, making them sexier for female counterparts. This is according to a new study. This phenomenon where they're singing softer and making them sexier is called anthropause. When the city was loud, it was singing really loudly. But as the traffic grew to a halt following a statewide shelter-in-place order in the spring, like we said, noise level fell by 50%. So imagine that. Now if they can get the homeless off the street, they could turn around and the birds could whisper. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. What is the most common name for animals? Like, for instance, like dogs. Dogs like Rex is a very popular name for a dog. Right. You know. But what about goldfish? 
Kids buy millions of goldfish every year. What do you think the most popular name for goldfish is? Gil? No, I thought something <laughs> like that too. Jaws. Really? Jaws. <laughs> That is the most popular name given to goldfish. (laughs) Uh, Smell you later. Slugs have not one, not two, not three, but four noses. Mm. And their noses are retractable. Two are for seeing and two are for smelling. They Mm. can be operated independently. This is is how talented these slugs are. A slug can gaze at you or smell you and a friend at the same time. I don't think you or I have that ability, do we? Yeah, my wife says, how do I look? And I go, hmm, very nice. <laughs> That's right, like a bouquet. Uh, slugs are gooey and sticky, and they leave a trail of slime wherever they go. And that slime is called a liquid crystal, by the way, and it also has the ability to slurp up water. Wow, cool, cool. What is the fear of animals called? I didn't think there was a thing. Listen, this is so cheesy, but it's for real. It's called zoophobia. Oh. Is the fear of animals. And that's for real. It's called zoophobia. That's totally, like, not imaginative at all. They could have called it, like, lick a lock a loca loca phobia No. Speaking of going to the zoo, sometimes you'll see some chimps. And sometimes you'll see those chimps drinking fermented tree sap. Scientists are studying these chimpanzees, these chimpanzees in Guinea, and they've seen evidence of long-term and recurrent ingestion of ethanol. There was a 17-year study recorded recording chimps, and it leaves to, and they're using their leaves to these uh, plants to drink their fermented. The, the 17-year study recorded... I think you, I think you drank it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the, uh, the, yes, I was visiting the chimp cage uh, before I started the show today. Uh, the 17-year yeah. study recorded chimps using leaves to drink fermented palm sap. Some drank high enough alcohol to produce what they called visible signs of inebriation. Yeah, they get, um, whatchamacallit, it, um, SUIs which is swinging under the influence. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it took me a couple of seconds to put that together. <laughs> it's okay. Yes. I, think I had a little bit of that juice myself. <laughs> I think I think they are swingers. Yes. Yeah, there you go. Remember as a kid catching fireflies in a jar? Yeah. Did you ever do that? Yeah. Okay, cuz I didn't. No. No, no. Yes, I did. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, get ready. Fireflies don't bite. They don't even have pincers like other flies. And here's the real cool thing. Fireflies, unlike other flies, don't carry any disease at all. They can't carry any diseases. Why? I don't know. They're so uppity that they won't even hang out with other flies because they think they're so much better. Oh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> There's the upper fly and the lower class fly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're listening to Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy. Welcome to the Totally Useless Information Fashion Show. Up here in Canada, because I'm in Toronto, Canada, Roy is in uh, Florida. And uh, up here in Canada, we call these shoes running shoes or runners right what the rest of the world calls them are sneakers or if you're in from ohio 
or that mid region of the United States, they call them tennis shoes. Well, all of these started during the late 1800s. People wore these shoes with rubber soles called plim soles, but they were really crude. The U.S. Rubber Company came up with a more comfortable rubber shoe with canvas tops during 1892 and called them Keds. You remember uh, Keds as a kid? Uh, uh, the yeah, shoes were sure. named sneakers because the soles were so smooth that they allowed the wearer to sneak around silently. By 1917, the sneakers began to be mass-produced. And up here in Canada, like we mentioned, we call them running shoes. And in the mid-region of the United States, they call them tennis shoes. So so Keds were basically shoes with rubber soles. That's right. Which is what I do when I don't have sneakers. I just put condoms on my feet. Or listen to the <laughs> Beatles album, Rubber Soul. <laughs> hey, listen, if you folks want to really see some fashion, go to nickandroy.com and you get to see actual pictures of us. <laughs> That's right. This is this is the opposite of fashion. <laughs> in 1907, a woman was arrested on a beach in Boston for wearing, get ready, a one-piece bathing suit. Oh, my God, no. Now, this is a bad fact because we have no idea what this woman looked like. She could have been charged with indecent exposure for wearing a suit of armor, for all we know. <laughs> she might have been really bad. So the one piece could have possibly been something she shouldn't have worn. I'm not saying anything. Don't, don't send me your emails to nickandroy.com because no. I don't want to hear them. No, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> She's wearing a piece, a one piece. <laughs> During the 19th century, if you wore black and you weren't mourning for the death of someone, you would be considered dangerously eccentric. The women of the Victorian era were expected to dress in black mourning clothes for two years after their husband's death, and that started the tradition of wearing black at funerals in the West. Right. And guys were supposed to wear tuxedos because the party began. <laughs> That's terrible. Thank okay, you. you said black. Well, how's about this one? The little black dress that every woman has in her closet was compared to something as being the most simple and practical thing ever made. What was it compared to? And the clock is ticking. I'm asking Nick to. to, to. <laughs> yeah, he's waiting for the audience to to it's mail. About as mail. useless yeah. as yeah. useless information. <laughs> okay. Yes, I put the useless and useless information. Yes, the little black dress compared to the Model T Ford as being one of the most practical and simple inventions ever made. Auga. <laughs> it's probably amazing how many of those little black dresses came off in a Ford, but we'll get to that in another show. That's right. They were disassembled in a Manatee Ford. Yes. <laughs> What's up, docs? Klaus Martens was a doctor in the German army during World War II. And as you know, on this show, if you're from Germany, what part of Germany are you from? While on leave in 1945, he injured his ankle while skiing in the Bavarian Alps. He found that the standard-issue army boots were too uncomfortable on his injured foot. While recuperating, Klaus designed improvements to the boots with soft leather and air-padded soles made of old tires. The shoes? Doc Martens. 
And and basically, so you're still drinking from the leaves because you said instead of souls, you said shoals. Did I? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's where Dr. Shoals came from. <laughs> hey, many designers and companies try to be ethically and environmentally sound. Yeah. Kind of like you know who. Oh, <laughs> those people? Look at all the pretty trees. I just want to hug them. All of the pretty trees. I know, I know. And let, let's just tell you this. They all try to be ethical and environmental. But Stellar McCartney, daughter of Sir Paul McCartney, who is a designer, takes it to a new place. Instead of leather... All of her bags are made of woven corn. Or as the indigenous people say, these bag is made of maize. <laughs> that was an amazing fact. <laughs> so what, she's got the only handbag with ears? That's true, yeah, yeah. And and, uh, and the people who wear, who wear them are usually husky. All right, sorry. Uh, <laughs> or they put tobacco in them and smoke from them. Yeah, like right. a cob pipe. <laughs> send, so your, send your complaints to useless at nickandroy.com uh, bow ties a person who collects ties mm -hmm. is called a grapatologist grapatologist ah. grapatologist right? that's right the days that bring the most visitors to the video on youtube how to tie a bow tie that's what they search how to tie a bow tie are new year's eve christmas Halloween, Valentine's Day, and National Bowtie Day, which is August 28th. In uh, Germany, they collect woolen socks in a town called Liechtenstein. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, logos are everything in fashion, like Louis Vuitton and Michael Kors. I mean, you could pick those logos from a mile away. What was the first fashion logo ever? And if you get anything out of this show, this is pretty cool. Yeah. I, I'm, not even gonna the, try, I'm not going to try to guess. Yeah, it was the Lacoste Crocodile. Oh. And how funny. You know what the second was? The little person logo for the crocodile clothing. <laughs> <laughs> no, the Lacoste Crocodile was the first actual logo when people would say, oh, that's a Lacoste sweater, you know, because they had the little, little, um, crocodile on it that's pretty cool you're listening to totally useless information with nick and roy thank you for joining us we're in more nations than you can shake a stick at and now for something completely useless the first ever patent ever written now patents are you know basically it's like a registration of if you come up with an invention or something so i thought I was thinking one day, because, you know, I have lots of time to think. I mean, the smoke coming from his headphones just now. That's right. <laughs> so I was thinking, what was the first ever patent? Well, it was on July 31st, 1790. It went to Samuel Hopkins. He was issued the first patent for a process of making potash, an ingredient used in fertilizer. The patent was signed by President George Washington. Oh, wow. In 1790. Yeah, that is pretty cool. See, that's pretty cool. It is. Hey, listen, folks, 
If you go to nickandroy.com, you not only get to see pictures of us, uh -huh. but you can actually go through every single episode, all 59 or something, or 58 with all our specials, and we have all kinds of things on there. So go to nickandroy.com. You can even send us an email. What's in the mailbag? What's in the mail? We have an email from Mark, who lives in Costa Rica, which is cool. Hi, everybody in Costa Rica. One of our listeners. Yes, he must be yes. one of our listeners because we have uh, some people who have downloaded this show on, uh, on one of their platforms from Costa Rica. Yes, yes. And he says he did go on NickAndRoy.com, which is cool. Nice. And he says that he's an expat from New York. He used to live in New York, and now he resides in Costa Rica, which, of course, is another country. He loves to listen to our show. He asked me, he asked me this question, which I found odd because he said he couldn't find an answer to it, and he had a bet with his wife. How long did the Pony Express operate for? And I said, well, that's a good question because everybody knows the Pony Express, right? Right. Well, good question. And all of our listeners will be shocked at the answer. The Pony Express started in April 3rd, 1860, and it ended on October 24th, 1861. Oh. <laughs> okay. Get ready for this. This is a shocker. 18 months. And not only that, the company went bankrupt. The Pony Express was a disaster. Nobody really even wanted to send their mail through the Pony Express. That's why they went bankrupt. But writers wrote stories about it, which romanticized the writers as jumping off horses and they wouldn't stop and, you know, running the trail, the Oregon Trail. And it's an amazing blurb in history that grew larger than life simply because of romanticizing writers. Well, I think I, I figured out how the Pony Express went bankrupt. They didn't receive their payments because the check was in the mail. Oh, yeah. All about sex. Thank you for joining us. Totally useless information with Nick and Roy. People who haven't seen our picture yet, go to nickandroy.com. People ask, which one is the sexier of the two? Roy, you go first. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, come on, Nick. Okay. You're, you're a very sexy man. <laughs> Bound chicka wow wow. And me saying that made me ill. <laughs> <laughs> if a female ferret doesn't have sex for one year, it will die. Oh. Yes. This is why every 11 months I force my wife to have sex with me. <laughs> <laughs> See, I'm always looking out for you, honey. Yeah, you know, I, I, I'm glad you finished that sentence. I, I didn't know where you were going to go with the ferret. The Spanish fly. Sometimes humans, sometimes, well, they go to strings length. Like, you know, <laughs> it's the monkey chimp it's sap. The monkey juice. <laughs> monkey juice. <laughs> I'm sorry. I had too much monkey juice. Uh, the Spanish fly. Humans sometimes go to strange lengths for sex. Uh, it's not that long. Uh, take the alleged aphrodisiac Spanish fly. It's a ground up bug called a blister beetle that contains an acid, cantharidin. When taken and excreted, it causes a burning sensation in the urethra that apparently passes for sexual excitement in some circles. 
Oh, that doesn't sound good, Nick. No. <laughs> and by the way, just so that you know, just you know, just keep everybody safe. The powder is toxic. It's toxic too. Yes. So you get a burning sensation. It's like setting your penis on fire. That's right. Oh my God, that's terrible. I know what they, right. call it, they call it. They call it the Spanish fire. Go ay 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 ay. <laughs> I'm offended. <laughs> Here is a cool fact: during sex. We all know that the breasts, the nipples, and the penis swells. Mm. But did you know that something else also swells? Yeah. (laughs) The inner nose. Oh. The inner lining of your nose swells because of the additional blood flow. So... Being that I listen to you during the show, Nick, if you're a slug, you get four times the swelling. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Because as we mentioned earlier in the show in the animal section, that the slugs have four noses. Wow. Yeah, but they go, oh, baby, I'm so hot for you. Look at the size of my nose. <laughs> Speaking of slugs, um, the pesky penis, you'll be glad to know that if you're a sea slug, well, look out, these uh, hermaphroditic creatures their sexual repertoire involves stabbing a syringe-like penile appendage to inject prostate fluids into the body oh and sea slug penises come complete with spines to anchor the organ during sex Mm, mine too What a burning sensation. You know, I got so tired of, of having to, like, you know, schedule sex that I just hook on and take take them to work with me. But anyway, the average length of a male penis. OK, this is a touchy subject. Yes. Well, let's hope that we're not touching it. But oh, my God, here's what it is. OK, well, here we go. The average male penis is five point six inches. See, honey, I told you that I was above average at 5.8. Wow. Nobody takes those 0.2 inches away from me. (laughs) No. But you see, because uh, up here in Canada we use the metric system, the average male penis is 12.7 centimeters. Sound number is larger. <laughs> Mine's 12.7. Make you feel better, Nick? Yeah. <laughs> Centimeters. Uh, or, or how about this? 127 millimeters. There you go. Even better. Yeah. Uh, I got 127, babe. Just as people can sleepwalk, sleep eat, sleep drive, they can have sex during a snooze. What? It depends on how long you're married, too. Uh, the condition is called sexomania, which, mm-hmm. which occurs when people engaging in sexual behavior while asleep. Again, depending on how long you're married. Mm-hmm. A 2010 study found that of 832 patients had a sleep at a sleep disorder clinic, 7.6% reported sleep sex. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. My wife has has basically said that to me. <laughs> She's like, "How was it, honey?" And I'm like, "What? What? 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 <laughs> is it? Is it morning already?" <laughs> well, we all know that chocolate is an aphrodisiac. Yes. Okay, but did you know that the smell of pumpkins? can increase the blood flow to a man's penis oh. and encourage an erection. 
Now, my wife set up some Halloween decorations, and I went out to buy the pumpkins. And boy, was that an embarrassing situation for me. (laughs) (laughs) That's why some women say, yes, I love the smell of pumpkin in the morning. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, after smelling those pumpkins, I'd have a stiff drink from the monkey. <laughs> yes, the monkey juice. <laughs> pumpkin spice monkey juice available at Starbucks. What's <laughs> the pumpkins are swinging around up there? <laughs> so, someone asked uh, a scientist, uh, "Can you have sex in zero gravity?" Well, the idea has yet to be tested, as far as anybody knows. Though if the human race were to colonize on other planets, and we talked about this on our show and, and having some colonies on Mars, it'll be a little tricky because sex is very difficult in zero gravity. Heck, we're having a tough time in, in, uh, in full gravity. Apparently, mm-hmm. because you have no traction and you keep bumping into the walls, okay? Yeah, but, but think about it, Nick. If you got a slug penis, you just <laughs> shoot it out and hook on. <laughs> So basically, according to the studies, if you have no friction, you have no resistance. Instead of wobble, baby, wobble, baby, it'd be like floating, baby, floating, baby, floating. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, there's resistance. Again, it depends on how long you're married. Resistance. That's like most of the women that we dated in high school. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. And now, from around the corner and around the world, this is TUI News. Here are your anchors, Nick and Roy. A man's bladder explodes after holding his pee for 18 hours. Okay. What? It yes. exploded inside yes. of him? It is an incident that redefines sleeping it off. A Chinese man's bladder burst when he unknowingly held his pee for 18 hours. After, Boy, was he probably pissed off. Well, he was because he went on a drink binge. A monkey juice drink. That's right. He was a monkey juice drinker all night. The 40-year-old man, identified only as Mr. Who. <laughs> I what? love this. So. What? He goes to court. He says, are you? What is your name? Who? You. <laughs> Reportedly, that's Mr. Who. That's, that's right. Mr. Who to you. Mr. Who to you. Mr. Who said... He reportedly fell asleep after downing 10 bottles of beer during a heavy drinking session the night prior, and, well, he never went to pee. Uh, so after experiencing searing abdominal pains, the lager-logged soul reported, I love that, the lager-logged soul reported to the hospital where a, t- a CT scan revealed that the bladder was torn in three different places. Mm-hmm. The pee-induced pain was so intense that who was unable to lie flat and he failed to relieve himself so massive, and so his he failed to relieve himself of his massive urine reservoir despite several attempts. So he couldn't even pee if he tried. So uh, according to some doctors, he'll be okay, but he's going to be uncomfortable for a little while. So thanks to Mr. Who. Please be careful. This is crazy stuff, Nick. Where do you come up with this? <laughs> <laughs> it's news from around the world. You're listening to Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy. And for more information, visit our website, nickandroy.com. Einstein was a moron. Newton was a jerk. He nothing. It's science, science, science. Well, I guess we have a theme in this show. Uh, we talk about penises. We talked about urine. Charging your phone with urine. Mm. Okay, so in case you're you're missing... 
You know, you ever you ever leave the house and you and you forget your phone charger? Well, here's a solution. Dr. Iropoulos from Bristol Robotics Laboratory claimed that one product that we can be sure of, of an unending supply, is your own urine. By harnessing this power as urine passes through a cascade of microbial fuel cells, or MFCs, we have managed to charge a Samsung mobile phone. The scientists believe the technology has the future, its potential to be installed in bathrooms, to harness the urine and protect and produce sufficient electricity to power showers, lighting, or razors, as well as mobile phones. Good old P. See, people thought I was nuts when I would put my phone on vibrate and stick it in my pants. <laughs> but it was a dual purpose. I was actually charging my phone yes, as well. Right. Yes, it's called <laughs> wireless charging. <laughs> nope, it was wired up, boy. <laughs> With the old slug penis. All right. Every second, at least 100 million neutrons pass through a square centimeter of our body. Every second, 100 million neutrons. Okay? That is insane. That's rude if you think, if you really think about it, it's kind of rude because the neutrons could ask permission before they do that, don't you think? <laughs> yeah, that's right, yes. And then Jesus, you're passing through my body. You might find that guy, Mr. Who's Bladder, exploding. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's right. And you talk about a neutron pee-pee dance. <laughs> sunflowers. Scientists have discovered that sunflowers can pull radioactive contaminants out of the soil. Researchers cleaning up the Fukushima site in Japan were. Oh, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Fukushima. Fukushima. Yes. Really? Yes. Fukushima. <laughs> They're cleaning the Fukushima place? They are, yes. <laughs> They're cleaning the fuk out of it. That's right. They are. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they are. Look, you're absolutely right. They're putting the flowers to the test. Sunflowers are really good at absorbing certain radioactive isotopes. As the sunflower plant grows, it's sucking the radiation right out of the soil, thanks to Fukushima. <laughs> Watch it now. All right. Okay, pregnant women are amazing and nasty. Oh. <laughs> okay, but get this. By week 20 they will have 50% more blood in their body by week 20 of being pregnant. They produce it to help the growth of the baby because they need that amount of blood so that the baby can grow properly. 50% more blood in their bodies. You talk about a blood relative. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So um, you can find the clearest piece of ice and you can create fire with it okay? fire wow fire and ice fire and ice exactly carve out a big chunk of ice then shape the ice into a disc use the warmth of your hands to melt it into a smooth round lens remember when you used to do this as a kid take a magnifying glass and set the ants on fire adjust the angle of the ice disc until the rays of the sunlight shine through it and now you've created fire maybe that's how mr Wu blew his bladder up It's Mr. Who. When we have a drink, or when Nick is drinking the monkey juice, <laughs> okay, it only takes six seconds for our brains to react to the alcohol, which explains why so many women look great like six seconds after you walk into a bar. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
I, could, I mean, yeah. six seconds. No wonder the monkeys have fallen out of the tree. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Penguin poop from space. Scientists at the British Antarctic Survey found 61 emperor penguin colonies dotted around the southernmost continent, 11 more than the number previously confirmed. So they thought they had 50, but no, there are 61. How do they figure this out? British scientists say there are more emperor penguin colonies in Antarctica because of evidence of bird droppings spotted from space. <laughs> scientists use images from Europe's Sentinel-2 satellite mission to look for smudges on the ice that indicated large amounts of penguin poop. And that's how they figured out where these penguin emperor penguin colonies were situated. So the, the guy that found its name was Shh. So he said, oh, shh, look, there's more penguins. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine if Mr. Who's first name was Shh. His, his first name was Shh. What is his your name? name? Shh. Who? Shh. <laughs> oh, my God. I have a conspiracy here. Uh-oh. Did you know this? And this is a true fact again, because God knows Roy would never lie. No. Well, actually, who the hell knows what the hell we're saying on this show? <laughs> totally know? useless information. <laughs> you figure it out. But here's a scientific fact. The continents are splitting and moving at the exact same speed that a fingernail grows. Oh, I'm looking at it right now. Right. It moved. <laughs> I was I was moved by that fact. <laughs> you know, hold something... on, I have to charge my phone. <laughs> <laughs> Me too, which is why we're saying this is all the time we have right now for this week's show. <laughs> totally uses information with Nick and Roy. Uh, don't you worry, we will scour the internet far and wide to find more useless information for you. So, in the meantime, go to nickandroy.com, nickandroy.com, and leave us a, uh, an email, too. And also, tell a friend about the trend and like us and share us to all of your friends because it's you that makes this show so popular all around the world. Thank you for that. I'm Nick. And I'm Roy. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs>